Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Gary Horner. Frenchie joins me. If you caught that inside, if you didn't catch that inside joke, look at my Instagram story from yesterday afternoon and you will understand. Frenchie, we've got trivia this time from Tony Jennings. Tony shot it to us in my email like two weeks ago when I was in Vegas for work, so I'm just getting to it. He's also in the Grid Rivalry League. He's beating both of us, at least as of two weeks ago. He was in eighth place. It's Team Jennings, for if you're wondering. How okay, many so seasons did started, Nigel Mansell compete in before winning his first so world championship? 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91. And then he won it in 92, so it's 12 seasons. Is it 11 seasons then? Oh, so are you counting the 92 season then? 13. 13. 13. Listen, okay. Tony's I mean, yeah, going to have to answer this I, know one. I don't have any data. I just have so. what Tony gave us. However many seasons that works out to be. Got it. 13. Yep. We're going to go with 13. All right. So last week, the last couple of weeks, we've been oh, really? super depressing on the FIA. So this week, okay. we are going to continue that. Um, I was going to start actually with I don't something know. else. I mean, I'm going to. Just uh, having our condolences to, I guess, all kind of Ferrari fans and uh, okay. Mauro Foghieri's family, uh, because he just died at age 87. Uh, that would have been about a week ago. He was pretty essential to historic Ferrari. Um, he designed a ton of their cars from, I believe, like the 60s to probably the 80s. I don't know. Maybe not the 80s. I think John Barnard took over, but maybe like the end of the 70s. Um, and he's credited with actually being the first designer to introduce rear wings uh, on Formula One cars at the 68 Belgian Grand Prix. So yeah, yeah. pretty important guy, um, big loss to the sport and just kind of one of those historic figures. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, now I'm gonna go with something cool that's also Ferrari related. Man, we're, we're, um, we're starting out sad. So in a way. the F2003 GA, which I don't, I don't remember okay. what the GA stands for, but the 2003 Ferrari that Michael Schumacher took to the championship just sold for 14.9 million dollars at um, a Sotheby's auction in Geneva. That would have been Wednesday. Uh, which was the 9th of November. And so that actually broke the record for his previous car that was sold, which was the F2001, which only sold for $7.5 million in 2017. So uh, that it's like double to own a Michael Schumacher F1 car. We don't know who bought it, I don't think. Um, but I okay. believe that it's going to be driven by Mick. Okay. That was my next question. And, like for a shakedown at Fiorano. Um, before it's transferred to the new owner. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, yeah. Oh, pretty nice. cool. I mean, I'd love to own an F1 car. I wouldn't care what All it right, was that's either. cool. I dig it. All right. Yeah, if somebody wants to buy us one, I'm sure... You know, yeah, I'd can, take like a really pathetic um, backmarker car and you know, just whatever, have it. Whatever you want. 
No, I don't mean the new stuff. I don't think the new cars are that good looking. Yeah, give I mean, me a like give me a Williams or a Haas. I don't care. 80s, 90s. Hey, they got second place in the 90 French Grand well, Prix. Well, you know what I mean. Give me a, give me a Leighton House. All right, so let's see. What else do we have to discuss? <laughs> um, well, this weekend at Brazil is a sprint race. So we have some comments from Max Verstappen about sprint races in general that will kind of go with that theme of criticizing the FIA. Um, Max has said, I'm honestly just not a big fan of it, talking about sprint races, because I don't feel like we really race. There are a few points that you can get for the top eight finishers, but you also know you can't really risk it because the main race is where you really get the points. You don't do a pit stop, so you just put on the tire, which will last the distance. And with these cars, the racing's a bit better, but you don't see a lot of overtaking unless there's a car out of position. So it's not that fun for me. Everyone has their own opinion, but it's not that fun. And I guess he also says that... It's, it's just pretty funny because apparently uh, F1 is considering doing this whole idea of, oh, we can make these sprint races standalone events rather than deciding the grid in an effort to make them more exciting. And I don't think anyone wants that, especially the drivers. I mean, when you hear Verstappen saying that, I think he pretty much nailed it about what we're no. what we see in sprint races. So I, someone would have to have a pretty convincing argument to change my mind for why we should have more of them or why they should be standalone events. Yeah. I don't think it should be either because they suck and they're bo- they're not interesting. I I would the, the only way I'll watch it Saturday is if it's before I I don't even know. I don't honestly don't care about the sprint race. I'll watch the main race on my iPad, but fo- the the football is going to take priority right now because the F1 championship is wrapped up. But I, I know everybody's gonna call us like Max Homers now, but like Max hit the nail on the head here. The sprint races aren't that interesting. They don't. They they tried changing yeah. it to eight, the top eight getting points instead of what was it last year? The top three, just the podium. It's still not interesting. I I I think the tracks they do them on are essentially the right tracks. I mean, you know, Brazil in theory would be fun for a sprint race, but. It's just not worth the risk because if you crash in a sprint race, then you start, you know, dead last or, you know, towards the back of the field and you screw up your entire, you screw up your entire weekend. And in, in some years you could screw up your chance at a championship if you make a run. No, I mean, and when you're so the driver, that's just basically, not worth it. I don't find them probably that interesting. Win the sprint race or be competitive in them and you don't even see a point for them, then I think that's a pretty, I don't know, damning statement of why we don't need them but hey it's all about the gimmicks i guess go fia Woo! um speaking of the fia i I mean you know how much i love the fia let's see there's something that i thought we actually can praise them for uh just to be nice um basically muhammad ben salam has said that they're really going to take a look at the toxicity and online abuse that's going on with F1 social media. Uh, he came out pretty strong against it, which I appreciate. So hopefully these words um, reflect in actions. But apparently they are going to do three things initiating this process that so they can kind of combat this. Um, the number one is they're going to enter into a dialogue with social media platforms to play their part 
which <laughs> good luck with that as we've seen what's happening with both meta um it's like crumbling as they what fire like how many thousands of people yeah and twitter just did the same thing so good luck with that with getting them to care about <laughs> anything other than the bottom line yeah i don't think they would have cared even before this um they're commissioning research via the fia university don't know what that is um, maybe i can become a professor there um but into digital hate and toxic commentary to the sport so yeah it's great to research that but i don't really know what there is to research um i guess we'll see if they come out with findings and then they're partnering with this thing called arwen a-r-w-e-n dot a-i to use ai software to detect and eradicate abusive content on their channels so i think basically if this ai like is going to monitor stuff and literally just delete stuff that's deemed to be inappropriate <laughs> I want everybody to know I was not coughing. I actually started laughing and no, that's, choked that's because it. I that's was what laughing that hard at this, how ridiculous this is. <laughs> Continue. Or is or is that it? This is stupid. I it's so phony. And at first you know, when you sent when you sent me the link yesterday, I didn't read it. But I was like, okay, that looks cool. Didn't read it because I was like, all right, you know, that, that's good, finally. Didn't think anything of it. Obviously, it's been a long week, so I just was like, all right, cool. You just said all that, and immediately I'm like, this is garbage. They're going to rely on some BS AI software, so when stuff gets through or whatever, they're going to go, well, we need to make updates to the software. And when stuff gets deleted that maybe shouldn't get deleted, they're going to go, well, it's the software. I guess we need to make updates. And yeah. so they're just passing the blame again on somebody else. And I know it's social media. It's very hard to control especially when Elon Musk is running is really? one and Zuckerberg I Instagram is running was run the other by Meta, like and owned by Mark Facebook. Cuban is running so Instagram. They, they and no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's run by Meta. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. It's just, it's just insanity and uh, makes, makes no sense to me. I, 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 I it makes sense and I, I get, you know, there is a major issue out there. But I don't know how a racing series can police their social media like that. Like it's the amount of money they're probably spending on that software. I guarantee you is absurd. Yeah, I think will um, not bring anywhere near the ROI. Just the fact they're they making back. an effort against it and actually coming out against it might deter some people. Just to be like, oh, well, if the AI's program is going to delete my comment anyway, maybe I won't make it. Hey, I'm just trying to be optimistic. But all I'll say is, um, no that chance. I think that, no chance. I mean, there's a free speech issue, right? Like you're allowed to say say things that are, you know, I mean, you can be rude to people. That's allowed. But I guess when it comes to being like totally hateful and abusive, that that's a line that you have to draw, and that is a problem that is pretty subjective in some cases. I mean, in a lot of cases, it's clear. But it's just going to be really hard, I think, for AI software to police this. And for it to make any dent, like you said, I think it's just so common and people are so anonymous, I guess, on social media that anyone who would reconsider making one of those comments isn't the type of person that this is going to affect, I guess, actually. So maybe you're right about what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten, these idiots that are posting the toxic stuff yeah. online 
are not worried about ramifications because if their account gets blocked, they're just going to make a new one. So I just I don't I I. I appreciate the thought. The I don't think it's the right way to the handle only problem the right I approach, and I don't think it's going to make a dent criticizing in what this they is want. that I don't know of what a they think it approach. will. Like, I can't offer one. Yeah. Right, and I, I don't know if there... I don't know if there is a better approach. There might not be. I'm I'm not one, and I'm not smart enough to, to know that, but... Man, I just... I don't know... Uh, the only curious, thing, and okay. it's very radical um, and very... All right, no, let's see no, what else we have here. Let's, let's continue on. Uh, okay, so Red Bull, obviously, we didn't... I, did we talk about him? I believe we did. Um, Dietrich Mateschitz, who passed away, the founder of Red Bull, like owner of Red Bull. I, I thought we did, but if not, then we were... We, that's I don't kind of an issue that we didn't even mention it. But he was kind of an under-the-radar figure anyway. He didn't like to be in the spotlight even though he was probably one of the wealthiest people in the world and was i mean red bull's been involved i think in f1 at least to some extent since back when gerhard berger first started because of that austrian connection so i mean that's mid 80s so they they've they've really made a huge difference in f1 so we have um heard now what they're going to do the succession plan for now that dietrich has passed away um and there was some concern, I guess, of like how this could affect the Red Bull team, you know, maybe because you, you see changes of leadership, like Honda comes in and out, in and out, in and out of F1 all the time. So when you get a leadership change, there's the possibility that whoever the new, you know, big head honcho is just decides, hey, this is not worth the investment. But I think Red Bull's already so established and so successful that it doesn't make sense for them to pull out. But we now know at least what their plan is, and they have like a three-person board, I guess, that's going to take over the company. But the important thing that we need to know in terms of F1 is that the CEO, I forgot what his like actual title is. I can look it up. But his name is Oliver Mintzlaff. Uh, he's German. He is best known for, I guess, being the... Uh, I don't know, the CEO of a Bundesliga team called Rossenballsport Leipzig, RB Leipzig. And then he was also, I guess he worked from 2000 to 2008. I totally know who they are. (laughs) um, CEO or whoever, whatever that is, the president of sports marketing for Puma before this. So, I mean, I I don't know what his connection necessarily is with Red Bull already. Uh, I didn't do that much research into it, but that's who's going to be kind of the new boss of Red Bull. So it's not like they're promoting Helmut Marco to lead the company or to lead the whole F1 operation or uh, Christian Horner. So we have somebody who... Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. 
So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. You know, doesn't really have an established role in F1, so maybe they'll be a little bit more objective. But you know what Helmet and Joss Verstappen are doing right now? They're sitting in a bar with their cigarettes <laughs> With their hands together yeah, going, can we, how can we can infect we this man's so personality? Can take over. Yeah, I, I could see that um, for sure. But yeah, that's that's what's going to happen <laughs> next. Um, it remains to be seen what's going to be the future of Alpha Tauri. Uh, because obviously that team has been not as successful this year. And maybe there's a decision from Red Bull, like, hey, we can just sell this and make more money from the fact that F1 is garbage, super popular, and that we don't need a second team. And that's been speculated about, but we obviously don't know their plans yet, and we probably won't until something happens. Yeah, I mean, it's a good time to do it. Uh, One of the Vegas hotels... So I think it was the Venetian. They have like a big fountain out front and they're building a grandstand like on top of the fountain or something ridiculous. But you can only sit there if you buy the three day hotel package that weekend. So, you know, you'll have to spend twenty five thousand dollars, the rights to name your first three children and okay. give up. I mean, that's reasonable. You are uh, left what's the problem with that? after one year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's like. That sounds totally like walking anyway. Like realistic, <laughs> reasonable. I mean, if you, I would just probably rather watch that race on TV. Honestly, if you, if that, this is the situation, I, I was considering like, oh, I'd love to be at this Vegas race. And as people probably know, if they listen regularly, my girlfriend works for Hilton, so I was like, ooh, maybe I can find a deal. And like, even if I found a hotel deal, the tickets alone are more than I probably want to pay for the entire weekend of travel. So, nope, I will probably not be there, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, I'm so unless anyone wants I'm to sponsor not even us, considering okay. it. Just just not worth hey, it. T- I mean, a lot. Extend the I mean, offer. That's, that's like 17 sponsorships right there. But crypto's crashing, so <laughs> let's see what with yeah. crypto they got all the money. <laughs> yeah, so disappointing. <laughs> oh, you you hate to see it. <laughs> so disappointing to watch the crypto bros cry on the okay. internet. But that's the, uh, we are not a crypto podcast, okay, so, so we'll continue on. Sky Sports F1 boycott by Max Verstappen is now over. 
that was very short-lived. And <laughs> I guess that cattiness is now concluded, unfortunately. So. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, darn. Oh. Um, the end to one of the best oh, well. pissing matches of 2022. So I guess now... Go ahead. Ah, oh, shame. Oh, also, also, before we move on, the, I, I'm going to shame somebody else instead of <laughs> Cody this week. So, Cody, you've been spared uh, for right. a week. Colin I, Taylor, I think shame we're on you. done with the news Continue for on. this week. I guess I will start with nope. or end with two last things. Apparently, Lewis Hamilton is no longer really putting a limit on when he's going to retire. I guess previously he was thinking, I don't want to race until I'm 40. But maybe just the fact that he has still had to fight has re-motivated him, reignited his passion for the sport. But basically, he said, I'm not putting a limit on it. I really, really don't know what the next five years hold. And they're still going to try to work on that. But basically, um, he said he feels great and he thinks there's a lot more to achieve. So all these questions of Lewis retiring are, I would say now, kind of resolved. I wouldn't think that it's going to happen anytime soon. And I guess maybe now it's just a competition between him and Fernando of who retires first, like who can last the longest, even though Fernando's four years older. Yeah. Speaking of pissing matches, it's it's fine. I mean, listen, if you're still capable, and I think the last couple races especially, you've seen Hamilton's skill yeah, it's it's it, weird to me that Sebastian so, Vettel yeah. is retiring, uh, that's, that's you know, and he's I think two years younger than Lewis, and you know, just he's not even really close to being forty yet. But I guess it's just the fact that he hasn't been competitive in a while because I think he's a much more I don't know car setup specific type of driver. Like those cars in the early two thousands with the blown diffusers really suited his driving style, and they just haven't suited him since. Because he hasn't shown the same potential. Whereas I would say Fernando and Lewis are probably two of the most adaptable drivers that we've ever seen in F1. So that's the reason why it would make sense for them to continue. Last piece of news before we get to Brazil, previewing Brazil, is yeah, I agree. Pierre Gasly has basically said it's kind of too early to decide or say whether or not Yuki has what it takes to lead Alpha Tauri next year. He thinks only time will tell whether he's got what it takes. And his past path to F1 was kind of a fast forward. Uh, he went through at a young age with not so much experience. And he's improved massively. He would not be surprised to see him improving again. But uh, yeah, he's, he's really not sure. And I think I, I wanted to just hear your thoughts on this. Because I don't see Yuki being the leader of the team. Even though... Nick DeVries is going to be a rookie. I think Nick DeVries is just has a better head on his shoulders, a better personality to, to suit him for leading a team and being the guy who they can sort of center around. Yeah. You know, maybe coming from Pierre because they are apparently like good friends. It's, <laughs> motivating instead of like the way <laughs> red bull operates which is like you suck at life you're the worst driver ever you know maybe this is a, a little different so i don't hate it because he's not being he's not being rude he's just like you know 
we'll we'll see and i know he's you know being diplomatic but hopefully it motivates yuki to you know be a more complete driver so it's not the worst thing ever yeah I don't hate it as much as I thought I would when I when I saw. The, no, no, I don't the, see anything wrong with what he said. The uh, I think this, uh, just a couple he, days ago, whenever he's being it was honest. He's not today. sugarcoating things, which I appreciate because yeah, and he's not he's not like you said being openly critical to Yuki, but he's leaving it open where Yuki's been inconsistent, and you got to admit that even if you're his buddy. All right, so let's get to the schedule for Brazil before we preview the second-to-last yep, race of I agree. the season. Uh, practice one is Friday, November 11th at 10.30, so that probably you might be watching it like soon, listening to this episode. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe you've already watched it. Pra- um, qualifying, then, for the sprint race is at 2 p.m. on Friday. Uh, practice two is on Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m., Eastern time, and then the sprint race is 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, followed by the race at 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. Sweet. I locked most of my people down. Oh, I God, think I only like had one driver to choose, I and I had to pick Nothing a new constructor. Cares. Uh, all... Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. Oh wow, so you have a whole clean slate. I definitely have not loaded this since I saw. That might forgot. serve you well. Yeah, I have. Depending I have on how much money right you have. Now. Yeah. Uh, just over a hundred million. Yeah, I have this. I am. I am not yeah, going true. to repeat my title Although this year, which means I will like you go two straight years without getting year. a prize. And. <laughs> and <laughs> That's what she said. And yes, I think the prize for the winner this year, since it's my buddy Ryan, will be, I don't know. I don't even think he's going to be listening to this, but the the prize will be a, a beer when I'm back in Philly if we both have time. But he has kids, and I know hey, like, I don't that know. makes we your have life like, more complicated dogs. and busy. I mean, so I'm told. My dog this entire episode so has been sitting like, right next to my chair, making me pet him, or he puts a paw on me and is like frustrated. That I'm not giving him attention. Okay. Yeah. My dog does that too, but mainly for Sam. He, like, she comes over and he loses, like, all rationale on how to be patient. Like, he's just a maniac. And eventually he calms down, but it takes a while to get there. I get well, it. I mean, so neither can, can I. That but confession of yours, right? I here. at least I'm a little more patient. No, this is F one. I'll have to tell. I'll tell her she got an F one shout out. So, so she'll listen, or at least hopefully listen. Sam, if you're listening, we, thank like, you for listening. Uh, Give her a shout out on like every episode so that she listens. Telling her what. <laughs> Yeah, I I told her when was it? It was a couple weeks ago. Oh, when I like didn't know, I was like Sam, and I'm like, ooh, I've never said her name on this show before, and she was like, yeah, I don't care. She's like, as long as you're not giving out. Oh, we're not supposed to say your phone number live cool. on the or, podcast. Like, you know, my last name and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I got you. That too right. bad. That's a it random phone number. I was hoping you were giving someone else's. Three one six five 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 one two one two. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. Maybe Cody's. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe I'll put a Twitter poll up. Should I give out Cody Bray's phone number on a podcast episode? <laughs> we'll see what we happens, should, uh, and that's how we we'll entertain ourselves during himself. the F1 episodes in the off season. Just to have you guys battle it out. <laughs> all right, executive decision, I guess. Sorry, Cody. I tried. Nah. Nah. Um, all right, so should we make predictions for this race? <laughs> Are you motivated to make predictions yeah. at all, or do you not really care? <laughs> I don't care at all, but let's make predictions. I mean, uh, sure, so we're going to do here. what? Like, in the top 10, outside the top 10, and then you start? what's the wild card one? Let's let's make it easy for these last three. Pick two drivers. Doesn't matter where they are in the standings. Okay. Try not so, to you know pick uh, Perez and Verstappen. But I'm just and whatever your average finishes wins. Head. I think I'm going to say that Alonso is coming back with a vengeance for these last two races. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I will uh, go. He's, he's been with controversial this George season. Russell. We might have to get into that during the off season. Yeah, yeah. We've we, we've been slacking on the George Russell hate, which oh, I I don't know if we've heard this update yet, but uh, lately, but we'll we'll get Lando there. may have food poisoning. Um. So I guess we may see Nick DeVries in that car because that's apparently oh, who right, right, right. McLaren has as a reserve driver too. I didn't know that one person could be the reserve driver for, for like every team on the grid. <laughs> because if you have, I mean, both teams end up having a problem, then what do you do? Have tug of war over Nick DeVries? <laughs> yeah, especially given that, you know, McLaren has an IndyCar team yeah, that they might very be able strange. to draft someone in or just you know past drivers but oh well um so you said george russell right uh and alonzo is in ninth place so i don't know why i did that to myself um then you know what i'm just gonna pick the other multiple time champion in the field and sebastian vettel who's in 11th and the other guy who's gonna hopefully finish out strong i think he can overtake valtteri botas okay. uh for 10th place in the championship they are 11 points separated so he has two races to make up 11 points maybe not i don't know we'll see fair you know I, what he's been super consistent this season I even though he's not been impressive i don't think in any race yeah it's been like it's like one of those years where no Nothing good happens, but like nothing, like he hasn't made a mistake. He's had some maybe not great races. He just hasn't made him, hasn't done anything. Anyway, let's wrap it there. Everybody, thank you for listening. Be back next week to recap it. Again, if you missed the message during the IndyCar episode yesterday, next week we will record I probably our F1 episode at Java House. I'm not telling you what Java house I'm recording at because I don't need like Cody showing up there, but or Colin, but we'll do that. And then Thanksgiving week leading up to Thanksgiving, there will be no episodes. 
So I don't know. Maybe I can publish an old episode just for you guys to have fun, but there will be no new episodes until after Thanksgiving, after next week. So everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.